You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, welcome back. I'm so glad you're with us today, and we're going to be talking about prayer. So buckle your seatbelts, and let's be ready to continue to follow Jesus. So the last few podcasts have been focused on prayer. And the reason for that is because at Carterville, we totally believe that we have got to be faithful to our mission, even during coronavirus season. We can't allow the mission of God to take a sideline. But we do not know exactly how to lead forward. So while we're waiting on strategies and clarity, we want to know that we are in the right place. And what I've taught our church so far in the podcast is that I'm convinced that prayer precedes Pentecost. In other words, before the Holy Spirit came down and led the believers to revival in the streets, the believers were praying, seeking God's face. I'm convinced that prayerfulness is something that the church has lost uh, skills in, probably because of our busyness. But I'm asking us to put our best foot forward and pray that God would grant us the Holy Spirit so that we could become a people of prayer. So if you're ready to join me on the next step of our journey towards praying better, let me make a couple of encouragements. So in yesterday's podcast, I talked a little bit about a few of the Bible verses that have changed my opinion about praying, especially Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. Well, the next verse is Jesus' direct teaching on prayer, what I would call the most clear and helpful teaching from Jesus Christ on prayer. And most of you actually already know it because an awful lot of people in the South have memorized what has come to be known the Lord's Prayer. Uh, If you grew up Catholic or in other faiths, it was called the Our Father, but most of us know it as the Lord's Prayer. In fact, some of you could recite it. And if you cannot recite it from memory, hey, how about my first challenge today is just learn it, like commit it to memory. So I want to talk about the Lord's Prayer, and I want to tell you that if you will relearn the Lord's Prayer and use it in the right way, the way that I believe Jesus intended it, I think it can become a guide that will change your prayer life forever. So without further ado, let me read the Lord's Prayer, and I'd like to ask you to hang in there for a couple of comments. Chapter 6, verse 9, Matthew's Gospel. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Most of you know that as the Lord's Prayer. So what are the points? Well, the first point is, when I was a young person and first beginning to pray, I memorized the Lord's Prayer because I was told to at church, and I recited it. And I probably used the Lord's Prayer in exactly the wrong way. So let me ask you, how do you use the Lord's Prayer? Some of us use the Lord's Prayer uh, when we don't know anything else to pray, which is fine. But let me ask you this. Are you just reciting words, or have you allowed the Lord's Prayer to guide you? So, here's what I mean by that. Jesus has just taught the disciples that God is not impressed by the repetition of fancy words or repetition of phrases, which is how some of the pagans prayed. 
So why would we take his prayer and think that God would be impressed when we just repeat it from rote memory? Okay, so that was my first clue as a believer that the Lord's Prayer has a bigger purpose besides just being something that I memorize and spit out again. Okay, so when I take a closer look at the Lord's Prayer, I recognize that it's actually a very healthy outline for prayer. Some people call the Lord's Prayer the model prayer. And I think that's a great way to think about it because it does provide kind of an outline. So here's how I use the Lord's Prayer now, and here's how I would encourage you to use the Lord's Prayer. So I have memorized the Lord's Prayer, and so I'll work my way through memory, you know, our Father who art in heaven. But instead of going to the next line, I'll stop at the first line, and I'll use it as a prompt, as a guide, as an outline for prayer. So when I say, Our Father who art in heaven, I stop and I begin to speak to my Heavenly Father. You know, I'll address Him when I say, Hallowed be thy name. In other words, I want your name to be holy. Let your name be holy. Your name is holy. I'll stop and I'll think about that. And I'll ask God if His name is set apart in my heart. Do I fear people or do I fear the Lord? Do I see Him high and lifted up? God, would you open my mind to understand who you are and your character? Would you help me, Lord, to see how holy you are? Would you help me to be holy as our Heavenly Father is holy? So I'll take the first line of the Lord's Prayer and I'll use it as the first step in my prayers. And depending on how much time I've set aside for prayer, I'll linger over that line before going to the next line. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I'll use that second step of the Lord's Prayer as my second prompt. I'll ask God to make his will done in my life. I'll take my laundry list of things that I'm worried about or have questions about or would like to ask God for, and I'll submit those things to the Lord. And instead of me saying, you know, God, here's what I'm telling you to do today, I'll say, God, I want your will to be done. Here's the situations I'm in. What would you have me to do? And as God gives me increased clarity, I can pray with increased authority. But when I'm praying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come, that's when I'm praying that God's kingdom would be made real in my life all around me. That's when I move through prayer requests often for myself, my family, my wife and kids, the church, our city. The third prayer prompt for me is when I pray, give us this day our daily bread. And I stop and I think about things that I'm asking God for, wisdom, courage, That's when I ask God honestly to help continue to meet our material and physical needs, as well as my emotional, mental, and spiritual needs. I also recognize the corporate part of that. When I'm praying, give us this day our daily bread, I recognize that our Heavenly Father is caring for more than 7 billion people around the earth, and I'd like to join Him in that. So if there's a way, God, you want to use my resources to feed the person beside me, show me how. I submit to you. So at this step of the prayer, this is when I'm asking God for his provision and offering my life to join him in his effort. So the next part of the prayer is one of the hard parts for a lot of us. This is the step for forgiveness. So the next step of the prayer, we would pray and forgive us our our debts. You may have said our sins or our trespasses when you learned the prayer. It doesn't matter to me, but forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, or forgive us our trespasses, or forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. So in this step of the prayer, you're asking God first to get forgiveness. You're working through the inventory of things that have brought guilt to you, that have separated you from the Lord between now and the last time you prayed. 
You're just bringing those to the Lord. Now, I believe your sins are forgiven in Jesus once and for all, but I I believe the step of confession and forgiveness and prayer is phenomenal for your relationship with God so that you are daily receiving an awareness of how deep and rich God's grace is. So we're asking God for forgiveness, but watch this. Here's the powerful turn. You're also saying, God, forgive me as I have forgiven those who've sinned against me. So the second part of this is you're just laying out in front of the Lord all the people who've hurt you, offended you, or sinned against you, and you're releasing them. You're forgiving them and asking God to give you strength to do so. Can you imagine how much more free our hearts and our spiritual lives would be if we would let go of all those offenses against us? If we would forgive everybody that we're holding a grudge against or mad at? As we keep moving through the prayer We ask God to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So we become very aware of spiritual warfare around us and of our own sin nature, of the temptations that we've become prone to. And we begin to pray that God would lead us away from them, that he would protect us from Satan, that he would allow us to live faithfully for him. I love the Lord's Prayer now that I've come to pray it, not only as 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 a reciting of sacred words, but as an outline that leads me through prayer. So if your prayer life is in a rut, or if you're just taking the commitment to pray differently and better, why don't you start praying the way Jesus taught us to? Use the Lord's Prayer as an outline to guide your prayers. This doesn't mean that every time you pray, you have to use the Lord's Prayer as an outline, but I have found it to be a phenomenal tutor from King Jesus to redirect my prayer life and to make sure that my prayers aren't self-centered. So here's what's going to happen for you, I predict. If you will give this a chance, you'll find that your prayers will move from a repetition of the same kind of normal things where you might say the same prayer every time. You know, our dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. Thank you for my family. Thank you for, you know, whatever's on your list, right? But it's the same. And God, please help. And then your list is the same. You know, missionaries and those who are sick, you know, maybe uh, stressful situations, helpful intercessory prayer moments. But then when you get to the end of your list, you're just kind of done. And you wrap up and you wonder if your prayer was that meaningful. I think if you'll trade that in for the prayer pattern of the Lord's Prayer, you'll find that it's going to lead you to pray about a multitude of different healthy things. From worshiping God in those first opening addresses, seeking His will with all those intercessory needs, with all those questions, with all those desires, to appreciating his providence and provision and joining him in it, forgiving forgiving you of your sins and letting go of those that you're offended by and guarding you from temptation. So, Carterville, to cut right to the point, I'm asking our church to pray better because I'm convinced that as the people of God, prayer goes before Pentecost. And I want us to be a praying church. One of the tools I'm offering you is would you trade in a repetitious prayer life for using the Lord's Prayer as an outline. I hope that you're blessed as you pray that way. I'd love to know how this impacts you. If you think this podcast is helpful for your spiritual journey, like it, share it, offer it to some other people who might be blessed by it. In Carterville, I'm asking you, would you accept the challenge to pray differently? Set aside clear moments for prayer every day. Let's be sure that we're faithful to the Lord. And all the more so, while the tension around us calls us to our prayer closet, to be better. God bless you. Thanks so much for tuning in.